0: to the Messiantics Podcast, a podcast about all things Messianic Judaism. Each episode, we will be sharing our opinions as we tackle some of the biggest issues in Messianic Judaism. Now here's your hosts, Rabbis Eric, David, Jonathan, and Toby. Hey guys, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Messianic Podcast. We are uh, excited to dive into another conversation with you. And, you know, the the reality is we call it the Messianic Antics because we're diving into all the antics that exist within and outside of Messianic Judaism as relates to the movement. And we... we I think sometimes come across as being somewhat contentious and it's not necessarily for the sake of trying to be contentious but rather because we all have a, a yearning and a desire in our heart to see Messianic Judaism step into the fullness of what God has in store for it and uh, and what God intends for it to be in the the days that we live in because we really are moving into if not already in the thrucks of the uh, the end times and, and and how do we decide now I'm not talking about movement to continue on and what God has called us here to do. And I think a big part of that uh, is that we need to have an honest discussion on something that I think has been an issue in the Messianic Jewish world for for a number of years now, at least for probably the last 20, 30 decades, 20, 30 decades, wow, the last 20 or 30 years, <laughs> <laughs> the last 20 or 30 years, uh, which is that uh, we we seem to have this notion that we need to do things and and live out our lives and 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 process our worship structure and such in our congregation so as to make sure that we are always in a position that the jewish world will validate everything that we do and be okay with us and and i feel like personally uh and i'll just say this this is rabbi david just so there's no misnomer on who this could be coming from i feel like in a large way when we act in that way we're we're actually doing a severe disservice to to what we're called to do as as Messianic Judaism because uh, the reality is short of our renouncing Yeshua as Messiah The Jewish world will never validate Messianic Judaism. They may put up with us, and and many do. Many are okay with us. Many are are comfortable with us. Many won't attack us or whatever, but they're never going to validate us. They're never going to fully come alongside of us and be gung-ho. You know, Messianic Judaism is a true Judaism. We're excited for this. Because we believe in Yeshua, Yeshua is the biggest hurdle that we face in sharing Yeshua with the Jewish world. Uh, And I feel like when we're chasing validation from the Jewish world, we're actually doing things backwards. Because as believers in Messiah, Jewish or Gentile, our only validation that we should ever seek is Yeshua's. That should be the core principles everything that that we are seeking validation in uh, and our identity in and, and so on. And so if we're seeking validation in the church or we're seeking validation in the, the traditional Jewish world or we're seeking validation in all these other places, then we're taking our attention off of where our validation truly comes from, which is in Messiah. And likewise, we've reversed the system because the Jewish world should be looking to us going, hey, I need the validation that you carry. Like they don't need our validation. But so they need to find the same validation that we have, which is in Messiah. And so I wanted to throw that out there and, and dive into this conversation because... I think it is something that's kind of handicapping the Messianic Jewish movement in, in a lot of ways. And some organizations, some congregations, it's more to do with the way that we we develop or follow traditional halakha in our communities and, and the things that we do. And others, it's the way we react contrary to that so as not to come across as being, uh, you know, uh, orthodox or otherwise or what have you. And, you know, the, it's one of the big differences between Messianic Judaism in America and Messianic Judaism in Israel is, in Israel, everybody just assumes you're Jewish because you're Israeli, and so you don't have to like put on the Jewish show in your congregations. You don't have to put on the Jewish show in the way you do things, but in America, like we're still, we talked about a number of episodes back, we're still fighting this identity crisis trying to prove we're really Jewish and we're really believers and whatever, um, as opposed to just walking in who we we truly are and going from there. So I'm going to toss this conversation out there and ask our other rabbis to jump in the mix, and, uh, and we'll just... Just kind of see where this goes i
1: just want to say that uh, this is rabbi toby and um that's not all i wanted to say but <laughs> i'm here <laughs> no, that's it you're done cut him off <laughs> no um but no just following what rabbi david was saying uh you know one of the things we do i think that's important in the podcast is that we answer questions that i think are quiet questions that sometimes people don't want to ask out loud and i think it's important that we point at some things and go hey why do we do that and sometimes, you know, I think it's important because I think a lot of other people are like, yeah, why do we do that? You know, you ever do that? You talk about something like, yeah, yeah, well, that does happen. Why? Do-? And I think that that's one thing, one of the things that we do is, I don't want to say, say the quiet part out loud, but I think we do. I think we've done that a lot. But anyway, uh, so I think that's another purpose for the podcast is to say, is to ask the question out loud what I think a lot of times people ask in themselves, like, yeah, we do that. You know, and nobody talks about it. it's the elephant in the room. But anyway, so, but yeah, um, what Rabbi David uh, saying? And, and I just want to put this out there. I don't. Um, it, it just, just kind of to piggyback off what he was saying. I, I look at um, how Yeshua and the disciples operated in the Gospels and in, and in, and in Acts after Yeshua ascended, and what I see is um, not them going. To the Pharisees and religious leadership and trying to be the guys and you know Yeshua never sought to be platformed he just did right what he just sees the opportunities that the Lord put before him what I see more often than not and you can correct me if I'm wrong what I see more often than not in the Gospels and in acts are the Pharisees and religious leadership reacting to Yeshua Is reacting to him because and and reacting to the disciples like they 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 came to Yeshua and the disciples asking asking questions like, "Oh, oh, they're not washing their hands. Oh, they're eating. Oh, you're healing on Shabbat." So what that tells me is at some point the Messianic Jewish movement stopped blazing its own trail and 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 is is trying to kind of you know I I don't know necessarily what they're trying to do, but what I'm saying is at some what I saw Yeshua and the disciples doing in the gospel and in acts is blazing a trail and everybody was reacting to them Instead we're reacting or trying to uh, Align ourselves and be accepted by the greater Jewish world. And I'm like when did that flip? I don't know when that flipped. I just know that when I look at the Gospels and Acts Everybody the the, the greater Jewish world was reacting to them and if they weren't reacting Yeshua and the disciples were still doing the work right but what I see a lot of is People showing up and watching them and going well. Why are you doing that? You shouldn't be doing that And it's like we get so stymied when the Jewish world really react well We don't want to upset, you know And that's why you see some of these Jewish synagogues say oh, we don't consider ourselves a greater form of Judaism We don't consider ourselves the best form of Judaism. We don't consider ourselves more authentic I'm like there's nothing more authentic than accepting the Messiah and I don't know when the Messianic movement stopped doing that, but I don't think
0: we're doing it. You, you bring up a really interesting point, uh, and I, I know yeah, Rabbi Eric— I hope Eric's, I did, because I felt like I, that was jumbled. Yeah, I know Rabbi Eric's about to jump in on this, too, but, uh, and I kind of snuck in the door right before he finished his, his exhale to start talking. Um, but <laughs> uh, the, uh, I think it's interesting that you, you bring that up, because the reality is, when we look at the, the gospel narrative, when we look at the book of Acts, there was so much contention— in the traditional Jewish community of the day Which was more like the Traditionals Jewish community Because yeah. <laughs> was, it was all over the place there, but there, there was no they, such thing as Jewish, it was Jewish Exactly, uh, there, there was such Contention in the Jewish World of the day about what Yeshua Was doing and, and about what was Happening and you know curiosity Could this be like John's disciples go, Hey are you the one we're supposed to look for Or are we still looking for another one right. And Yeshua didn't go yo I'm the dude I'm the one, I'm the. he goes here's what I've done here or here's what what's happened through me. Here's what God's done through me. I have you know healed the blind uh opened the eyes of the blind, healed the sick, uh you know the the lame walk, uh the bond, those in bondage have been set free. And then he goes, I'm that guy. Right? He he lays out the example and then he says I'm the guy. Um but but what was interesting was Yeshua wasn't worried about what anybody said about him or thought about him or or, or came he wasn't like oh yeah. wait let me calto around this one he i don't want to step on a yeah, toe he, he didn't stop he
1: was, it he didn't stop and turn to the Pharisees and go hey are we still cool I mean yeah, we're, yeah. we're all we're all Jews right exactly
0: um, and so we're called to we're called to emulate Yeshua as believers we're called to walk in his shoes to the best of our ability and the leading of his spirit yeah. we're called to walk in his shoes so why are we so timid why do we act like that why are we not walking in the boldness that Yeshua walked in. Now granted, yes, he was 100% man and 100% God, and we've only got part of that. Okay, I get you. But also, he's in us. His presence is in us. Why are we not walking in that boldness?
2: Yeah, I find it interesting when we actually go back through history, we find that the before there was what we know as Judaism today, there was temple Judaism, and then Out of Temple Judaism comes what we call Messianic Judaism, or Jews who lived in the Temple era and believed that Yeshua was the Messiah. And then with the destruction of the Temple, we get what becomes Pharisaic or Rabbinic Judaism. So when we look at things, we should be looking at the Jewish community looking to model after us because we came first messianic jews jewish believers in yeshua were established before rabbinic judaism of today that doesn't come until the consummation of the uh the talmud and and all that comes later but then as we go through history again messianic judaism kind of disappears into the background because of persecution because of different things and then there's a restoration that happens at the end of the 1800s and going into the 1900s. And what's interesting is back then the discussion was how much Judaism do we want? Right. You know, they were debating about whether or not to wear kippot at all, or wear Talit or light Shabbat candles. Is that going to diminish our testimony to and? Encourage the Jewish aspects of life into our community. As time goes on, we get to about the 1960s and we see a real strong reoccurrence of Jewishness within Messianic Judaism. Jewish believers who now are wanting to live Jewish lives. And and so that happens. And and, previously had just been like Catholic. Right, that had just previously been whatever Jewish people who were part of a outreach from one of the other groups, largely. So, so all this is being reestablished. But I think to to go with what uh, you guys have brought up and, and really good points is, it's not how much Jewishness or how much Judaism we live out in our lives, but the reason we're doing it. In other words. If you're living Judaism, if you're wearing a kipot and a tallit, if you're wearing seat or a chai or a mezuzah, if you have mezuzot on your house or you're doing liturgical prayers in your synagogue, you're reading Hebrew or chanting Hebrew, why are you doing that? Are you doing it because you're trying to emulate the life of the early believers and you're trying to walk in the footsteps of Yeshua and Paul and others? If that's the reason you're doing it, mazel tov. Mm, right. But if you're doing it to appear Jewish or so that you're validated as part of Judaism, then your motivation is wrong because our goal isn't to please the Jewish community. Right. It's to please God. And if we're going to – and I'm all for doing those things. If you came to our, either of our synagogues, you would find liturgy. You would find Hebrew. You would find these things. But the motivation can't be when, – when I talk to – Reform rabbis and and understand that the official Orthodox position on Reform Judaism is that it isn't Judaism. But I've never run across a reform rabbi who said, we're doing this so the Orthodox will accept us. Same thing with conservative Judaism or Reconstructionist Judaism or anything else going on. They're they're not doing what they're doing so that they can be validated by the Orthodox or validated by the Jewish community. They're doing it, and I think they're wrong in what they believe, but they're doing it because it's what they believe and how they walk uh, in their faith. If we're doing Judaism for any reason other than we see it in the Bible, it's the footsteps we're supposed to walk in, and we're doing it because it pleases our Father to walk in the footsteps of Yeshua. Not to get brownie points, not because we're more holy uh, in, in those ways, or, or you know, we're extra holy or whatever, but because we see it as biblical— and we're trying to walk in the footsteps of those who actually established our faith. Right. If we're doing it for validation to be seen as more Jewish, to be seen as more this or more that, then our motivation stinks.
0: We, we may not be extra holy, but I think a lot of times we do come across as just extra. Um, so with that, to, to that degree, since you brought up Reform Judaism, Conservative Judaism, the, I mean Orthodox Judaism, their relationship, and, and that Reform Judaism isn't trying to like – Get the Orthodox to like them, or what have you. Um, here's another angle to this conversation that I think uh, is is important to have, and that is that we cater the way we do things to the more religious side of Judaism, right? Conservative Orthodoxy and above is something like less than three percent of all of the Jewish population in the world, right? So we're in essence ninety seven percent of the Jewish world. Wants zero to do with religious Judaism, right. wants zero to do with the traditions of Judaism, wants zero to do with anything uh, that that happens. So why do we cater everything we do to the three or four percent of the Jewish world that we re- begin with? While at the same time we 're honestly ignoring the rest of the Jewish world that aren 't comfortable with the orthodox scene that we 're trying to kind of mimic and and, and 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 reproduce in our own flavor and version but why like so our neither of our congregations could be ever confused with being Orthodox, although I'm sure you guys get the same thing. I have people that have been like, oh, I was looking for a Messianic congregation, but you guys are way too Orthodox. And then I also get, oh, I was looking for a Messianic congregation, but you guys are way too church-like. And I'm like, look, mm-hmm. I guess if we get both complaints, we're kind of in the right spot. Like right. If, if, if we're confused in both directions, we're kind of in the right spot. Um, nobody looks at us and confuses us with an Orthodox synagogue, but they also don't look at us and go, you know what? Um, I'm, I'm not really sure that this is a Jewish home either, right? Because they can see the liturgy and the Torah service and everything. It's obvious that we're doing this, but we're not doing it in such a way that a uh, a secular Jew who hasn't been in a synagogue in 25, 30 years can't walk in and still feel like they have a place, right? They're not going to walk in the door and feel like, oh, this is this is too uh, rigid and too uh, uh, whatever. Like, because, and I think honestly, a big part of that is because we're not doing it for And this is going to sound terrible, and I apologize in advance if you take it the wrong way because that's a you problem, not a me problem, but nonetheless, we're not looking at this stuff as though we have to do it in a performative manner, right? When we're doing liturgy, we're doing it as an act of worship before God. When we're participating in a Torah service. We're doing it as an act of worship before God. It is coming from a leading of the Ruach HaKodesh, of the Holy Spirit in our lives. There is something alive about it. And when we have both Jewish and non-Jewish people that have never experienced Messianic Judaism come into our synagogue, it is not at all uncommon that somebody will come up to us and go, it just feels alive in here.
2: I can tell you that we have had the blessing of having our local conservative rabbi visit our synagogue several times on Shabbat to be with us to worship and his comment in front of other people was i have never felt the ruach the way i've felt it in your synagogue wow. so so if that's if that's the result of what we're doing then that's our goal. That's what we want people to meet the Ruach. We want people to be introduced to that. Now, I will say, um, I want to say something that's going to sound contradictory to Rabbi David, and then I want to give Toby the opportunity because he leaned forward. I just more had a question, but yeah. yeah. But I think that we're, we're mislabeling things in some ways. I think that while the majority of Jewish people are not interested in orthodoxy, that they are introdu- interested in the tradition and the connection to biblical Judaism. And that if we're doing those things the right way, they feel that at-home connection yeah. uh, to it. So, And it's not that what you're saying is contradictory.
0: What I'm saying is, there, and, and this is back to Rabbi Toby was mentioning that there, and we won't go into names, but there's a particular congregation somewhere in the grand vastness of the USA that is, is very... Orthodox esque leaning, uh conservadox esque leaning. And and their whole thing is uh, you know, even on their their info on their website, and they're like, we're not trying to present ourselves as a better Judaism, just as a part of Judaism. We're just represent, and they right. they do things in a way that you know it's very much we have to do it in this way because this is how the Chazanim do, uh, uh, the the, the uh, do, or this is how the you know it has to be done. This very rigid, and and you have to do it rather than allowing for the spirit to move in it, and, and so on. And and that's not to say that maybe the spirit isn't leading them in that direction where they are either. I'm not trying to to dissuade that if that. That's what God's doing. But what I am saying is that we can do the right stuff with the wrong intention. And have no outcome whatsoever Absolutely. of benefit. But if we do the right stuff, the right intention with the right way, with right leaning, which is what you and I are both saying. We're not saying throw out the Jewish stuff because the, 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 the secular Jewish world doesn't want it. What we are saying is don't do the Jewish stuff in a way to make the Orthodox happy with us, mm-hmm. but rather do the Jewish stuff because this yeah. is what our Messiah
2: did. This yeah. is what we're supposed to do. To put this in terms that, that are easy to understand, or at least to me— when you go to New York, there'll be pizza places on both sides of the road, and they'll both have a sign, world's greatest pizza. If you go to Philly, the Philly steaks, there's the argument right. between which one is the original Philly, you know, those yeah, kind Waffle of things.
1: Waffle House says it has the world's best steak or something like
3: that.
2: Right, yeah. so, but but I here's the thing, we don't need, as believers in Yeshua who are spirit filled and spirit led, we should not qualify that we're not the real thing in other words i'm i'm messianic that's
1: what i was saying earlier yeah Yeah.
2: i'm messianic because i think it's the right thing not because you know any one of us we're all pretty decent speakers and we could make more money if we went into some other faith group and, and get paid a lot more by presbyterians or episcopalians or whatever or traditional judaism uh, you know, you can be a, a rabbi of a small congregation with a large endowment and make a lot more money than what we're making as Messianic rabbis, but the, the truth is we do what we do because we believe it's the right thing, the right, right way, the right way to walk, and we should not cower down about that to mm. appease or get validated by anybody else. Uh, and and again, when Yeshua spoke, and, and Rabbi David mentioned this earlier, He didn't when they accused him of something or they questioned him, he didn't say I'm sorry. Oh I'm sorry. And he didn't justify his actions by saying this is what this says, this. He said, For what works that I do are you judging me as wrong? Right. Our, our work, what we do, the, the spirit, the community, the feeling, the, all those things that people experience God in our synagogues. If somebody comes to our synagogue and they walk away going, oh, that was a nice message or that was night nice music or whatever, we've failed. Because they can find nice music lots of places. But if they leave our synagogue like that, my friend the rabbi did, saying, I have never felt God's presence like that before. Then we've accomplished our purpose. And then we're being um, real Judaism. Because real Judaism was, in essence, the presence of God in the tabernacle That the people experienced and and when moses said please don't take your spirit away and when david said please don't remove your spirit that that's the the key point to everything
1: yeah and i think that uh because david kind of answered my question because what i was going to say without names and and you know without disparaging disparaging any ministry or names and i I don't want to do that and that's not what we're trying to do. We're simply asking some questions about some things we see as issues. So we're not we're not trying to disparage anyone. I'm just uh, David. Pretty much answered the question. I just wanted to say, what are some examples that you've seen uh, of that kind of behavior that we're trying to pander more towards the greater Jewish community instead of continuing to blaze the trail that Yeshua and the disciples did? Another symptom of it, of it is when I hear messianic. I'm going to say it again. It's when I hear messianic Jews talk about hey we need to really be careful about what these gentiles in our congregations are doing you know about letting them wear Tallites and well we need to understand they need to understand you know this is a jewish thing and i'm like see that's w- the reason why you're doing that is and i've heard people say well we want jew- when jewish people come in our synagogues we want them to understand the difference what between a jew and a non-jew like i, I don't why is that important to them do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, right, actually, Not only the,
2: that, but if you go to the Western Wall, the Western Wall is the most holy synagogue in the world. And there's actually three there, but it's the most holy place to Judaism. It is a the, a synagogue, formal synagogue. And if a Gentile – when Donald Trump came to Jerusalem mm-hmm. – they immediately put a keepah on his Gentile head right, and, and they offered him toughly. offered him to yeah so so if we 're saying we don 't want to do this to our our Gentile members our non jewish members because Jewish people might be offended by our doing this. We're not even keeping up with the model of the Jewish people we're supposed to be modeling after. Because right. when the, the chief rabbis in Israel put kipot on non-Jewish people's heads as they go to the Western Wall, the holiest site in Judaism, yeah. that if we're saying, look, we're going to do it because this is what the Jewish right. world does – then we need to be consistent in that. And if we're going to do it because this is what the Bible says, then we need to be consistent in that. And neither of those things should be affected by what we think is going to offend somebody if it doesn't.
1: Because let me put this out there. Because like in Exodus, when God was speaking of the Passover, he says, if any outsider or foreigner wants to come near and partake in the Passover, have him... Have his males circumcised, and then they can do it, and they can, um, uh, and they must be treated like a native born. Is somebody did Moses say, "Well, Lord, let's not culturally appropriate Jewish stuff on these Gentiles that want to come in." We don't want to. I mean, how how are you going to know the difference between the Jew and the non-Jew, Lord? Because they're going to be circumcised too. Nobody said that to God. God said, "No, they need to." they need to do this stuff too if they want to. If they want to. So, you know what I'm saying? Right. Because I've heard that like, well, you need to be careful yeah. the cultural but, message you're sending.
3: And it makes me, my, my question then kind of almost comes as a, I want to challenge the question that we pander to the most orthodox among us because I don't think we all do. I think some messianic groups do more than others. But there's a, because most of the time, messianics that i've talked to that are messianic who live as messianic jews and in israel obviously that's a different thing they tend to be more much more christian but messianic jews who are practicing jews practice the the traditions of judaism as handed down by judaism Mm -hmm. since the third and fourth centuries they you know they they wear tefillin they wear kippah they wear you know talikatan tzitzit and you know they almost wouldn't be discernible from a very conservative or even a maybe moderately orthodox Jew. Have conversations in Israel with other Orthodox rabbis. Like a lot of the time, they tend to they like, disagree on Messiah, but they tend to get along for the most part. Well, I mean, there's exceptions to every rule, but it's they are for the most part Orthodox. Is like oh, kind of whatever. You know, we're not going to validate you as Judaism, but you know, really, what you see at least here in the states. Is we pander more to trying to get groups like the Reform, mm-hmm. who are not religious uh, at all most of the time, who sometimes may not even believe in God at all, to accept us as because we wear tefillin, because or not even tefillin, because you know, a lot of Reform don't even wear tefillin, but because we because we do, we dress the trappings and we meet on Saturday and we have a Torah scroll and we meet in a building yeah. that we label a synagogue that somehow we that makes us. Jewish, And so yeah. we try to appeal more to that because really the biggest disagreements and fights outside of anti-missionaries, which it, could argue, it can be argued how religious they are mm-hmm. um, or not, are is the reform crowd, is the culturally Jewish crowd. The people who are like, I do a Passover Seder and, and celebrate Hanukkah, but I celebrate it like Christmas, aside from the lighting of the, the, menor- the Hanukkah. Who Those are the people who are like you can 't do that you 're not jewish you can't and, and and not just to Gentiles in the Messianic world, but to messianic Jews themselves who have who a lot of which you know there are many messianic Jews who have family who were killed in the Holocaust, mm-hmm. came to the states afterwards and became believers and they live lives as messianic Jews you know they are sometimes Put down and, and fought by the cultural Jewish community because they believe in Messiah, they believe in Yeshua. And then the, those same Messianic Jews that are being fought and scraped and clawed against by the cultural Jewish community then turn around and get on their knees and go, oh no, I'm sorry, I'll try to be more Jewish. Like, right. I'm so sorry that I'm not, uh, uh, how can I be more Jewish for you? And it's like, bro, like, they should mean... They should be out, reacting to out, you. Outside of getting them to believe in Messiah, they're... Affronts should mean nothing to you, because they don't. You, right. y- you, you, and your movement, your beliefs, predate uh, Reform Judaism is seventeen hundreds mm-hmm. at the earliest. You know, it's Enlightenment era. You know, you predate them by hundreds of years. You know, All over right. a thousand years. You know, you predate Orthodox Judaism by three or four hundred years. You know, mm-hmm. so don't p- pander. To these groups that say, you aren't Jewish enough, where if you are living a life that follows Messiah, you're bringing the light of God to the world, the Holy Spirit to the world, to the people around you. Whether or not you're wearing a kippah, you are being more Jewish than any of the others. It's it's interesting.
2: The Judaism or Jewishness was chosen by God to bring the Word of God and preserve it And to be a light to the nations. So if those are the marker for Judaism, then that should be our goal. We should be bringing, we should be preserving the oracles of God, the testimonies of God, and we should be a light to the world. If we're doing those things, we're doing Judaism.
1: Yeah, I I just want to say because, and you know what's interesting is Messianic Judaism in general avoids the first couple chapters of Luke because that's the Christmas story. I've But, on that but man, I'm yeah. telling you, dude, there's such powerful stuff in because, you know, when the angels came to announce his birth, they said two things. He'll be the glory of his people, Israel. He'll be a light to the nations. So when 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 Jewish Messianic Jews see Gentiles showing up in droves and it, it's we, they react so differently than how they did in Acts In Acts, when they found out that Gentiles were getting the spirit,
2: they were like, this is awesome. This is what he said would happen now it's we need to figure out what to do about it. and this. by galatians that changes to where the jewish believers are now doing what people are doing today that we're talking about and that's saying you're a gentile believer in order to be right you have to Adapt the Judaism of the rabbis and you have to be physically circumcised to convert to this faith. Right, which is wrong. Which is is wrong. And it's what we're uh, talking about today is that we're still dealing with that kind of a mindset that that we're looking for validation outside of God and the Bible to people regardless of which group we're at. And we're inconsistent because when it comes to observance, we want to be like the Orthodox. So let's, we've got to model it after the Orthodox when well, most of the world is an Orthodox. But when it comes to our politics, mm. so we're trying to appease a small group of people by our practice. But when it comes to our politics, we're much more conservative, and the vast majority of Jews are liberal. Right. So we're not – so if, if we're – if our goal is to be Jewish, not to be biblical – not to be spirit-filled, not to be spirit-led, but to be Judaism, then we have to make this choice. Is our Judaism orthodoxy, or is our Judaism the majority, which is liberal American positions? Because we can't say we're trying to appeal to Judaism to be validated by all of Judaism and then choose positions that are contrary to one of those. So if our goal is to be validated by Judaism, by to be an accepted branch of Judaism by all the other Judaisms, we're gonna fail all the time. All the time, yeah. Because I, we don't fit into that model or mold. We were never and we were never meant
1: to be another branch. Like I said, I go back to what I said at the beginning, Yeshua he was he never reacted, he was always reacted to. Like, like I said, he you know, of course he reacted to stuff. What I'm saying though is that right. he never went and said, "Hey, Pharisees." Uh, he would ask them questions, you know, to engage them in dialogue. He did want to save them. Right. He wept over Jerusalem. Right. What I'm saying though is is that more times than not, it was the Pharisees watching him and going, "Hey, why are you doing that? Why are you doing that?" Hey you shouldn't be doing that and I'm like at some point Messianic Judaism stopped doing that and tried to even themselves and say oh we're we're doing the Jewish thing too with you guys
0: and and I think I think it's interesting the reality that Messianic Judaism attempts to merely be, a branch of judaism right. right we we just want to be one of the accepted denominations of judaism we we just want to be a branch of judaism but the reality is is we're we're not a branch of judaism we are the authentic Form of Judaism. That's not to say the rest of Judaism isn't Judaism, but what God intends for Judaism to be is what Messianic
2: Judaism is supposed to be. My my conservative rabbi friend that that we've talked about a couple of times this this episode made the most profound statement that I've heard about this, and it's exactly what you're saying. He said, "Now he's not saying he accepts this as truth, or he believes like this." But he said, "So what you Messianic Jews believe is that you're the trunk, not the branches right that, that you're what the branches came from, that that modern Judaism branched out of what was. so there was temple Judaism, Messianic Judaism, and then the branches both of Judaism and Christianity. Sprouted from Messianic Judaism or from the Judaism that was uh, in existence at that time. And and that's what we're trying to say in a way is that we need to understand it's not
3: about becoming a branch. It's about owning the fact that we're the trunk. Oh,
1: yeah. That's good.
3: Yeah. Because – and it even – the history gets even more convoluted from there because you study – what we call Temple for you know, Second Temple Judaism, you figure out that there is no such thing as Second Temple Judaism. There Second Temple Judaism's. You know, you have the Pharisee sect, which is very vastly different from the Sadducean sect. You have the Anakian sect. You have the sect in Qumran. You have there were actually historically three separate Jewish temples mm-hmm. in the world. You have the one in Judea. You have the one in Alexandria, and I forget where the other one is. But so like there, you know, Yeshua comes and almost. Forms the one that was supposed to be, and says, "This is right. This is what right looks like." You know, Pharisaic Judaism is probably the closest was was right. probably the closest to that at the time. But of course, the Yeshua movement carries on and begins to spread around the world. And then, in seventy A.D., and I, you know, and this is, this is another thing I'll I'll I'll, I'll pause it to y'all and to everyone else to understand and to have the confidence. That as a believer in Messiah, you have the true Judaism. That yeah. you should not be looking to modern-day cultural and even Orthodox Judaism as your basis for existing. As right. a as a descendant, As a, and I'm spe- specifically speaking to those who are born Jewish, those who are born as descendants of Jacob. Yeshua tells us in Revelation, he tells John, that he's, he addresses several uh, communities. Uh, believing communities, that if he, if they do not repent, behave, he will remove their light. He will remove their, and the the word is, the same word there can be um, conflated with, not conflated, but um, made equal to the word that we use for menorot, menorah. Um, And he tells the Jewish community in Judea the same thing before his crucifixion, that if you do not repent, the generation you know, the, the the those who those who died in Sodom and Gomorrah, those in Nineveh will rise up against this current generation and speak out against you. You're that right. wicked. And in seventy AD the temple falls, and the menorah is quite literally removed from the temple. And where did Judaism or the Judaisms because all that's the one thing they had in common, as different as they were, the one thing they had in common was the temple in Jerusalem, the temple in Zion, the menorah, the light that was in Zion, and by God's own decree, by God's hand, at the hand of the Romans, that is removed and taken away. And thus, the authority of all the different Judaisms is stripped away from them, and the Judaism of Yeshua is the only Judaism that is viable and real and true today. Right. So, uh, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead.
1: No, I just was going to say that because if we continue to do this thing with, you know, wanting to be accepted as just another branch of Judaism, the other branches of Judaism are going to, even if it happened, it won't. Because of what we do with the person of Yeshua, the Messiah. But what I'm saying is even if we were accepted, well, then they would look at us and go, well, then, you know, we're no different. There's Then, then they're not going to want what we have. And what we have is everything. We don't just have something special. <laughs> What we have is everything. Hang on. Repeat that again. Yeah. If, if we're trying to be like them, what, what will they not want? They're not going to want what we have, which is – and what that is is the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. It's not just knowledge of the Messiah. Right. When you yep. place faith in Messiah, a transaction takes place. You're filled with the Spirit that testifies you're a son of God, right. that allows God to pour his love in you right. to experience it. So like when I hear – an Orthodox, which I watched, I'm not going to mention name, but I watched an Orthodox Jew talk to a pastor. And you know what the Orthodox Jew kept saying? Because the pastor was talking about, well, we believe this, we believe that. And he goes, well, that's no different than what we believe. Well, that's no different than what we believe. Well, that's no different than what we believe. And that's what you'll get. And that, it's like, are we okay with that? For Orthodox or Reform or Conservative? Jews saying, well, well, yeah, that's Jewish thought. Well, that's Jewish thought. You know what isn't? You know what you're missing is is what... Do you, is what um, the, the, the those conservative rabbi that Eric was talking about, it's the spirit of God that testifies that you're a son that allows you to experience the love of God as father. You know what I'm saying? And, not, and, and, and you have, and when I hear an Orthodox Jew, which I heard one say, talking to another believer, talking to a Christian saying, well, I mean, what do you think is going to happen to me? Because, I mean, by God, I'm trying my best. And I'm like, that's the thing. Right. It's the difference between having a jet plane to take you across the sea versus a sailboat. You have the spirit of God.
2: Right. right. And it, it's so important. Uh, three things as we wrap up this episode. Uh, one is that none of what we're saying is to be taken that we should be prideful mm-hmm. because of what we believe. No. Uh, we're not saying we're better people Mm-mm. than anybody else. Number two, we need to learn not to be ashamed to be right. Yeah. That we need to learn not to be ashamed, to be right. If, if we didn't believe what we believe, we wouldn't act and live the way we do. It is okay to think you're right. And if we're right, that means that other people are wrong. Right. And it's our job to teach, to share, to build relationships that allow that to happen. Right. It is, when, when I have communication with people from the greater Jewish community... My goal is not to build a relationship with them because we're Jewish or not to build a relationship because it connects our Judaism. My goal is to build a relationship with them that they will learn to trust my faith in the Messiah and see something right in what God did right. in the work of Yeshua that took place in my
3: life that makes it desirable for them to have that. Mm-hmm. And I was going to say that especially, you know, the, you can rest in being right. You can be humble in being right because you're backed by both Scripture, history, and the fact that the Spirit of God is still producing holy lives and changed people today in the body of Messiah.
0: Back around again to, to two points. What we began with at the, be- at the very beginning of this episode, which is the idea that We should not be, Messianic Judaism should not be looking to the traditional Jewish world in any capacity to find our validation, right? Because our validation is in Messiah. And the key to that, I think, is what Rabbi Toby was hitting on a few moments ago, that the Jewish world should be looking at at us and going, the thing that is different about you. Mm-hmm. which is Messiah, the indwelling of the Ruach HaKodesh, the power and presence of God in our lives in a very literal sense because of the transformational work of redemption in Yeshua and the presence of His Spirit in our lives, the sanctificational process, sanctifi- sanctifying process, sanctificational doesn't seem like a real word, the sanctifying process of the, the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit active in our lives, they should be looking at us and going, I, I want that. Right, I, what you're, what you're walking in, what you're living in, what you're experiencing. I need that when we're seeking our validation in the traditional Jewish world. That means we're kind of putting all of that transformational work to the back burner mm-hmm. because we yeah. don't, we don't want that to be what people see. We don't. But, but again, as long as we believe that Yeshua is the Messiah, He is. I tell people in our congregation all the time. you know, we we talk about uh whether or not Gentiles should wear telitoth or a keeper or whatever. And in our congregation, like I'm I, I got zero issues with it. I'm I'm cool with it. It's yeah. awesome. I encourage people to do it. My my quantifier though is if you're going to do it, do it the right way. Not yeah. because not because the, the right way in Jewish definition is the supreme way, but because we have enough of a hurdle to get over in the fact that we believe in Yeshua. Right. So when non-believing Jewish people come in and they hear us talking about Yeshua, that's already a barrier that we've got right. to get over. Right. And I'm cool with that. Like, let's do that. I'm right. here for that fight. But if somebody comes in and they hear, you know, Joe Schmo that just found Messianic Judaism three weeks ago because they watched, you know, Kurt Schneider on TV or whatever. And they come into our congregation and they're saying Shema Yisrael, Yod and trying to pronounce the sacred name uh, in the middle of the Shema. You know what? Any non-believing Jewish person in the room, secular or otherwise, is going to hear that and go. Nope, I'm out, and walk away, right? Yeah, I so agree, there yeah. So there, there, we, we should do things... Sound, kind doctrine. ...kind of the right way so as not to create the right reasons. Correct. Um, and so the, I really, I just want to keep hitting on that. I really love what what, what Rabbi Toby said in that th- we should be the, the thing that makes us different. And for lack of a better way of wording it, and this is, I know somebody's going to come at us about this and complain about me. The thing that makes us better than the rest of Judaism, is the Jewish Messiah, Yeah, it right. is the presence and when, of when, the Spirit in our when
2: lives. When Rabbi Toby said what he did earlier, I immediately thought of the interaction between the apostles and Simon, the mm-hmm. sorcerer. When they came to his town, he didn't say, ooh, I want to keep it like that. Right. What do I, What's it going to cost me to buy that? He didn't say, ooh, I like that coat. I like that hat. I like those seed seat. Right. What he said was, "How much is it going to cost for me to have the ability to lay hands on people that they would be filled with the Holy Spirit?" Yeah, it's the Spirit, and 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 that is exactly what you're saying. When people interact with us, it shouldn't be, "Ooh, I want to I want to be able to sing in Hebrew, or I want to do this, or I want to do that." It right. should be. To that Holy Spirit, to that mm-hmm. Ruach Hakodesh, to the power of God in your life. So I love what you said, oh, about yeah. Toby, and that statement. It, thanks.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, I was go- I'm, sorry, I was going to add that. You know, and there's nothing wrong with looking to traditional Judaism to do some of the practices they do right according to their tradition, because um, it kind of reminds, reminds me a little bit of um, um, I, I, I have a. Uh, there's a there's an admiration I have for how different groups do things, um, and for example, the one of the things that I one of the practices I love in Christianity, particular is that they adopt to kind of where they are. You know, there's a reason why. Like you'll read about, um, you know, you have Greek Orthodox churches and you have um, Antiochian. Orthodox churches, is they have adopted the culture and language of where they are in order to, so that way people there can be comfortable in the service. They can be comfortable coming there to worship. Um, and that's what Messianic Judaism should, we are the true Judaism, regardless of what anyone else says. Right. The difference though, with how we do practices like things like wearing the tallit, the, the quote unquote right way, as Rabbi David was putting it, the kipot, the, the the Torah procession, the way we read the Torah, the way we cant the Torah, the way we do liturgy and songs, is it is a way of inviting the rest of the Jewish world into a place that is feels like home. And what home yeah. was always supposed to feel like, mm-hmm. you know. And so they don't come in and go, oh, this is you know, because obviously, if you come from a conservative any just a stand, let standard conservative Jewish Life and you go into a non-denominational evangelical church. That is a culture shock. Right. That is completely different. But if you and, and 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 largely, I mean, the the primary message is still the same: it's redemption and Yeshua. But if you come to a messianic synagogue, it's a lot less to get around. Mm-hmm. And that's where that's where we do look to modern Judaism: is how can we live Jewish lives as understood by modern. Judaism, in the sense of outward appearance and practice, but when it comes to inward transformation and life, that comes from yeah. the oldest, truest Judaism, which is that of Yeshua yeah
0: and and with that, as we get ready to close out this episode, you know the rabbi Jonathan's dead on like, it 's not to say that we shouldn 't do things as Judaism does it. But we shouldn't be doing things for Judaism's acceptance, approval, whatever. Um, And again, that's not to say that it's necessarily a bad thing when they do like us. You know, the the conservative rabbi really likes uh, Rabbi Eric and and Rabbi Jonathan really likes Bradham. Doesn't necessarily agree with him. Not on the same page yet. But he doesn't like them because they're trying to do something to earn his approval and validation. He likes them because of the authenticity of who they are despite the differences that the, the the he has as a conservative rabbi. They're, 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 he's not, they're, they're not trying to like just, oh, we're, we're buddies with you because we need your approval and we need, like Rabbi Eric will tell you the, the first time he sat down with him, he said, look, um, your goal as the conservative rabbi is to get every Jewish person in this area to be your flavor of Jew. And my goal as a Messianic rabbi is to get every Jewish person in the area to be my flavor, and this is my paraphrase, but to be my flavor of Jew. Right. As long as we understand that we both have the same goal we can still be friends we we aren't necessarily working towards each other's goal but we can still be friends we can still you know work together and so being friends with the jewish world being in relationship with the jewish world is vital and important but looking at ourselves as though we have to do things in such a way that we gain their approval, mm-hmm. their validation, uh, whatever else it is, is not what we're supposed to be doing. Um, and so we, we need to make sure that we are continually reevaluating how we operate as, as Messianic Judaism is it authentic to what biblical Judaism is? Is it authentic to what Messiah would do? And, and I personally, and I, I, I think that you guys are on the same page personally, I think in a lot of ways, what we know as modern Judaism in the religious sense if Yeshua was walking on earth today rather than the first century, he would have lived within some reasonable construct of that, right? For all intents and purposes, he was a Pharisee of his day. We know that because he went to synagogue and a few other key factors that were very Pharisaic. Right. Um, that doesn't mean that, like, he thought everything the Pharisees did was spot on all the time. He, he was he was in that mix of things, right? And so I think it's important that we, we hold to Jewish tradition in an authentic way. Right. But not for the sake of gaining approval or validation, but solely because this is what we do. This is what the Bible calls us to right. as a whole from Genesis to Revelation to interact with the Word of God in such a way. So with that said, we appreciate your uh, time. We hope that uh, this was a blessing to you. As always, please feel free to throw your comments and uh, questions and uh, whatever at us. We will not necessarily be in your presence to catch rotten tomatoes from you, but if you have... Uh, 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 contention and you want to throw that out there, we're more than happy to, to hear that as well. Uh, thanks for listening. We will talk with you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the Messiantics Podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you can be notified every time we drop a new episode. And be sure to follow and interact with us on social media at Messiantics
3: Podcast.